From the National Eczema Association, this is Eczema Out Loud. I'm Danny Morshead. My guest today is Dr. Candris Heath. Dr. Candris is a triple board certified dermatologist and nationally recognized author, speaker, and expert in dermatology for both children and adults. She's here today to give us a better understanding of the basics of eczema. Dr. Candris, we are so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Let's have you introduce yourself to start, and then we'll move on to some questions about the basics of eczema. Sure. Um, my name is Dr. Candris Heath, otherwise known as Dr. Candris on the internet and on social media. I am your go-to girl for everything, healthy hair, skin, and nails. I am triple board certified in dermatology, pediatrics, and pediatric dermatology. And I love being able to deliver information to people wherever they are, be it podcast, online, or in the exam room. I enjoy seeing both pediatric patients and adult patients in my practice. And atopic dermatitis or eczema is one of my favorite conditions to treat when I'm in the exam room. So thank you so much for this invitation to be part of this podcast. We are so excited to have you on and what better person to have for a basics of eczema conversation. So let's start off with those basics. What the heck is eczema? So big picture, when we're thinking about eczema, eczema really is what we call an umbrella term. In dermatology, there are several conditions that fall under the umbrella of eczema, but in general, eczema really means inflammation in the skin, itchy skin. The skin barrier itself is not normal. There may be cracks in it. There may be breaks in it. And if that happens, the skin can become irritated, dry, um, inflamed, and those conditions we stick under the umbrella of eczema. That may be atopic dermatitis. So if you have other conditions that are associated with your eczema, like seasonal allergies or family history of um, asthma or other people in the family with a significant history of eczema, maybe you're in the category of atopic dermatitis. Maybe you have seborrheic dermatitis. So you may get dry, flaky, scaly eyebrows and scale on the sides of your nose or uh, around, around your ears. Or, or heck, maybe you don't really, you know, have a specific trigger or have a rash until you come into contact with something very specific that causes the rash to happen every single time. So we call those contact dermatitis. So all of those are under the umbrella, but big picture, eczema, you can think about as the skin barrier is not, um, it is not intact it is leaky, it can allow the skin to become very itchy, uncomfortable. Some people even describe a burning, painful, and severely itching sensation. Great, thanks so much for that overview. So what are some of the causes and triggers of eczema? One of the most common types of eczema is this atopic dermatitis that can happen uh, most commonly in, in childhood. But as we're studying more and more, it can certainly develop at older ages as well. And uh, with, with eczema, we know that there can be several triggers, but the biggest trigger is often genetics. So actually who you're born to, your genes, your genetic makeup can make it more likely for you to develop eczema, particularly atopic dermatitis. 
So other things that can actually trigger the symptoms of eczema. So I think that's different. So either you're kind of born with a tendency to have um, uh, to have eczema or you can actually be exposed to things that can then make your eczema worse or trigger your eczema. For some people, it may be exposure to um, uh, dust and heavy carpets, heavy draperies. Um, some people report a seasonality change. Some people report um, if their skin is going from wet to dry, wet to dry. So that may be summertime. It may be you know going in and out of the pool without moisturizing. Anything that kind of contributes to that to that cycle of the skin being too dried out may become a trigger for their eczema symptoms. So we think about triggers. It's a really complex uh, situation, but I know the purpose of this podcast episode is to really look at the big picture. So two big buckets, genetics, and then also what your skin comes into contact with. Great. Uh, Is there anything else in terms of triggers that are common that you wanted to get into? Sure. So some common triggers uh, for people who have eczema include things like, um, you know, fragrances. So not all fragrances are, are bad. So I don't want to people walk, walking away thinking that, but some um, fragrances can be very irritating to the skin. So that is one thing that you may see on packages that are for products that are designed for people who have, who have uh, atopic dermatitis or eczema. It may say, Hey, this product is um, is uh, fragrance free. It does not have any fragrances in it because that is a common trigger for for some people who have eczema or atopic dermatitis. That's one example. Okay, so someone comes to you and thinks they have eczema. How are you going to diagnose them? So eczema actually is a clinical diagnosis. So what do I mean by that fancy word of clinical diagnosis? Well. We actually will look at the skin and the pattern of the rash can be very predictable based on uh, the the age of the patient. So because I take care of the full spectrum of, of ages, it is exciting because I get to see eczema look lots of different ways, depending on who's in front of me. That goes from an infant baby who's just who's just born and very early in life, who develops eczema on on the cheeks um, and the uh, and the external surfaces of the of the arms and legs, and then all the way up to someone who's a school age child who may just have into the creases of the arms or the creases of creases of the legs. Or even people who have it really, you know, extensively all over their body. So there are several different presentations for the eczema. So that clinical actually looking um, is important. But the other thing that's critical is actually listening to the patient or to and or to the family about the symptoms. Is the skin very itchy? Have they been able to identify some things that may make things worse or may think make things better? And over the years, you begin to hear the same stories over and over and over again. And then you can really connect the two and say, wow, what I'm seeing on the skin is matching the story that I'm hearing. This patient has eczema. Okay, so you've determined that they have eczema. What are you going to prescribe or how are you going to recommend that they treat it? 
So number one, after I make the diagnosis of eczema or any new patients that come to see me, you know, we really sit down and talk about um, talk about a treat a, a comprehensive treatment plan. And the two largest buckets are what are we going to do for the skin barrier? Gentle, what I call just gentle skin care. So we talk about bathing habits and you know that it is okay to bathe every day. Cause I know science and, and recommendations over the last you know few decades have kind of fluctuated on that. But yes, it is okay to bathe every day. Um, also, you know, keeping the shower short five minutes or less or bath time short, um, as short as possible. And then, you know, really moisturizing the skin. And we talked about how there can be breaks and tears in the skin that you can't even see with the naked eye, but under the microscope, we can see all of those. So it is important to moisturize the skin after having a shower or having a shower or bath. So we definitely spend time talking about some gentle skincare, gentle skincare um, products that they may be using, and um, not to really underestimate how important moisturizing can be. Sometimes people expect for me to, out of the gate, start talking about what medication I'm going to prescribe. But, and we, of course, will get to that, but one of the most uh, important parts is just that everyday skincare and really trying to help the family or the patient pick out some skincare things that they can use on a daily basis to keep the eczema and that dry, tight sensation of the skin under control. And that may actually involve moisturizing the skin more than more than once a day. Uh, so we talk, you know, we talk about that. And then of course, that other big bucket of how we're going to manage the eczema comes with some other tools, actually some medications, which are, it, this is a very exciting time for eczema because way more than ever, we have a lot of choices as far as medications go. We have topical choices, we have choices that are pill forms. There are choices that are injectable medications. But really, the approach to medications can really be overwhelming for some patient families. So it's very important to not only have my patients walk away from the visit with, you know, what are we going to do now for the skin, but what things are can we do if what we're if what we choose initially may not take care of all of the symptoms that the patient may have. And in a sense, leaving the leaving the exam room with a little hope um, to say, yes, we're invested in this routine and plan, but guess what? If we need to make some changes, that's okay. And we have choices that we can use that contain steroids, that don't contain steroids, that are from different medication classes. So we have choices. And, you know, just, you know, 10 years ago, heck, maybe even five years ago, you know, we did not have the number of choices that we have today. So this is a wonderful and exciting time to practice dermatology because of those choices. That's super exciting. I really like the approach of coming up with a plan that includes both management and potential treatment options. Okay. What are some related conditions and how does eczema affect a patient's life outside of their skin itself? Yeah, so I think um, when we think about related conditions and, and eczema, it makes me think so think it makes me think about 
atopic dermatitis. And we kind of talked about that a little earlier on with that specific type of eczema that is definitely, there's a strong um, genetic component that drives that, um, that drives that eczema. And often it will travel in families who have a history of eczema, seasonal allergies or, and, or asthma. So those three things just travel together in the genetic tree. So I will often, you know, talk about those things and query those things uh, in the, in the exam room. And sometimes there may be, I uh, may be just from the maternal side. Sometimes it may be from the paternal side. Sometimes there may be from both mom and dad side um, that are contributing to that patient patient's risk for developing atopic uh, atopic dermatitis. So those are the related conditions um, that we have to have a discussion about because we want to make sure that they're plugged in with primary care um, and other other uh, clinician colleagues that can help to manage those other symptoms if needed. And, um, you know, thinking about eczema on a huge level, you know, in the exam room is one thing. So talking about how to manage the eczema, what we're going to do, what is our game plan going going to be? What are we going to do? What are we going to do if flares happen? What are we going to do if you need to get in contact with us? All of those things happen in the exam room. But I am acutely aware of what it feels like um, to be different than other people. So let me break that down if if I may. So having a child that has some type of skin issue, everyone who sees the child may be able to see those skin issues and they may not know what it is. They may ask questions. They may think that, you know, they may pass judgment and say, oh, that, you know, the person need, the parents need to do this and that, and they're not doing this, or they just come up to you randomly and just make suggestions um, out of the blue. You're like, okay, thank you. I don't really know you, but all right, thank you. I will, you know, try what you said, <laughs> right? Um, or even, you know, as a as a child, a teen, as an as an adult, to go through the world and have something that makes you feel like you are different than every everyone else, that is really tough. So that is the other part that we really need to bring some attention to quality of life, anxiety, depression. Just you know, what do these words mean? It just means that you are feeling, even feeling down or hesitant about people finding out about your skin um, or even seeing your skin. And those feelings are valid. And we need to make sure that everyone is getting the support that they need uh, because eczema is a chronic condition. We have great, yes, we have great options and new options for medications, but we also want to make sure that holistically, as a person, a child, a parent, you know, a patient who has it or whoever who, who has a condition or is impacted by the condition, that you feel good in your skin and surround yourself with support um, from with people who can totally understand where you're coming from and also surrounding yourself with people who can help you be able to have those conversations and what to do if someone asks you about your skin. So I know that this podcast provides a lot of resources, including those from the National Eczema Association, 
on how to get those things done, but I really didn't want our time to end without really addressing the the quality of life, which is which is so huge, and we often don't talk about it enough. Yes, it is so, so huge. Thank you so much for bringing that up. My last question for you is, what is your favorite part of being a dermatologist? My favorite part of being a dermatologist is being able to open the exam room door, seeing across from me uh, a patient, a family who may be anxious to be there, but I love when the visit shifts and they begin to lean in and really take in what I'm saying. And I can really feel that trust uh, begin to build. And I think that is not unique to me being a dermatologist. That's really you know, unique to me being a, um, a, a physician who, who truly cares, you know, who truly cares about, um, about my, about my patients and about the families uh, that, that I take care of. So that is, that's a, that's a, um, something that I, that I just, that I just adore, but with dermatology, you know, I love the challenge of dermatology that some of the other specialties may not bring. And what do I mean by that? Well, we do have to kind of talk about people's reaction um, to our patients. You know, our patients' conditions are on the outside for everyone to see. You know, sometimes if you have diabetes or if you have a heart problem, um, you know, those things are on the inside. And so you may be able to conceal those things and people may not really know what you're going through. But for people who have significant uh, skin diseases, it can it can really be Im- impactful. And so I definitely pride myself on making the patient feel seen in the visit, actually um, touching the patient as well. Um, and while I'm examining, you know, their skin and, and, you know, that's just such a small thing. Um, but I think it is a major part of being a, a dermatologist and also connecting uh, with, with your patient because they may go through life um, and have people um, turn away from them or not being want to sit next to them, et cetera, because, you know, what's going on with their skin. But in the exam room with us, it is an opportunity to say, hey, I know you're not, you know, you're not contagious or anything like that. I don't want to want you to feel that way. And we get to reinforce that in the exam room every day. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing and for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Eczema Out Loud. You can visit the National Eczema Association at www.nationaleczema.org. If you have feedback on this episode, or you'd like to send in a suggestion for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at nationaleczema.org. We hope you'll join us next time.